are listening to Video Games to the Max. Hello and welcome to another edition of Video Games to the Max. I am your host, Sean Garmer. Here with me, as usual, Mark Morrison. Howdy. And well, we've got plenty to talk about today as uh, Mark and I have been both playing some games here. So Mark's got a Remnant 2, finished Marvel Spider-Man 2. And Pop Head 16, and I've been playing Thirsty Suitors, Dusan, Head, Headbangers, Rhythm Morale. And we also got the big news with the unfortunate Bungie layoffs and Destiny uh, 2's newest expansion getting delayed, and how that might even affect and might be the turning point of why PlayStation is now reconsidering their games of service direction, probably to the light of a lot of people that are watching, listening, or just gamers in general. And, of course, we got plenty of other stuff to talk about as well. So we're going to get to all that. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get the housekeeping stuff out of the way here. Uh, we always appreciate you for listening, whether it's your 100th time or it's your first time. Uh, if you do wind up liking what you watch, whether it's live, which you can do on either Thursdays or Fridays around the 1230 Eastern time, or you can, of course, watch on demand later on the same YouTube channel, W2 Network. And if you subscribe or follow or whatever, ring the bell, you can also not only get what we do here, video games to the max, but you do, you get what the, the rest of the network offers, which is some fantastic stuff, especially in the entertainment realm with movies and TV. Uh, the Radlers folks just did the Friday nights of Freddy's movie uh, review, which uh, we'll talk about that here and how that's performing in the movies and on Peacock. And they also did the the Winning Time Rise of the Lakers Dynasty Season 2, uh, which I quite enjoyed as well. And they also did the Deuce Season 2 and a few other things as well uh, this week. Uh, Todd the Cakey, of course, if you like your new anime, uh, they keep up with a lot of the new anime. So I know the Attack on Titan, whatever ending this is, part three million is this weekend too so i'm gonna i'm excited about that but let's get into actual gaming stuff here first Let, let's go ahead and start with this um this thing with the destiny 2 and the bungee layoffs and how this probably might have been the thing that kind of tells playstation like yo this company that we spent a bunch of money on uh is now not doing that well and maybe we need to reconsider ourselves this whole game of service situation. Probably one of the reasons why Connie Weath was let go also because her along with Jim Ryan were kind of the spearheaders of greenlighting this. Uh, of course, Jim Ryan, quote unquote, retired. Uh, so he's going to be moving on pretty soon. So two of the the big leaders in that have are now gone. We talked about that last week, but I know we don't, play destiny 2 we're not like big members of the community or anything like that but obviously this is a you know a big deal so bungie's a a big name in, in gaming and obviously a, a big grab for playstation and and have a lot of history with gaming like what do you think about this does this kind of tell you that we're getting towards the the end of the games of service thing or is this just like another big blip i mean i think it's a big blip kind of uh, because you know, Call of Duty is still chugging along, and so is Fortnite, and you know, right? I, I think Destiny Two made a big splash, but you have to wonder, like, 
expansion by expansion, how many players did they lose? Or, you know, were they ever, like, able to, like, get in new players after the game initially came out? Uh, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I mean, if uh, you're interested in this stuff at all, uh, Paul Tassi has been doing a great job over at Forbes. Uh, now, Jason Schreier is doing his normal thing, but uh, Paul Tassi's stuff's not paywalled, so that's another thing. <laughs> over at Forbes, he's doing a great job of kind of, like, digging deep into, like, why these layoffs are happening and also, like, what's going on with Destiny 2 as well, like, you know, stuff with the final shape, which is their latest expansion that got delayed as a result of this as well. And that this is not this has nothing to do with Sony. Uh, in fact, the Sony buying them out is the reason why they were able to last so long without having to do layoffs before and also be able to last as a company because the company could even have been in jeopardy if they didn't do the buyout. Um, yep. But some pretty, like, just kind of gnarly things that um, when you talk about layoffs, you look at with a company, you know, uh, the employees that were laid off, which is about 8% of Bungie's workforce, 100 people. Uh, and some of them are, you know, some of the longtime people that have been at Bungie as well that were not, like, the top, top tier people. Even, I think, like, uh, I mean, I... I know Yen is annoyed that the uh, composer was fired again. <laughs> Okay, uh, so well, yeah. here's the thing about Bungie is you know they kind of put all their eggs in one basket with Destiny, right? Know, at least initially or ten years ago, and now they're making Marathon, but that's you know at least one or two years off, if not more. So yeah, it's like if the product is failing or you know faltering, what are you supposed to do? And the way they like laid out some of these people is kind of uh, it was pretty scummy that like they're going, taking. Like, yeah, you got one day of insurance left. It's like, cool, thanks. <laughs> you know, yeah, like that's that's always so shitty. Like it's like you waited until basically you don't have to pay the insurance anymore. They get no bonuses. The stocks or whatever that they had in the company, if they weren't vested, go back to Bungie, and then some of them even go to Sony. Yeah, and it's like. Yes, I know this is standard practice for a lot of companies, even my company that I work for. If you're not vested, those which you have to work for three and a half years with the company to become vested, actually, to get those stocks or whatever. Uh, if you don't work that long, you don't get any of that. So that's not like totally whatever, but it sucks. Um, they apparently missed like a 45% indicator yeah. that they needed to hit. Yeah, for Destiny, which wasn't the only reason that triggered the layoffs, but kind of one of the big reasons. Uh, they had a really damaging drop post Lightfall, which made it to where uh, they had to kind of start looking at this. They supposedly looked at other things before doing layoffs, but you know, we won't really know exactly what it is that they looked at. And they're also like the final shape apparently has to be amazing apparently it has to like hit on all cylinders it has to be even better than forsaken or taking king which you know that's a lofty um thing considering i mean that seems like they're putting a lot of pressure on themselves to like this has gotta make it yeah like no way um, and again like i said yeah. it's like, you know them putting all their eggs in like the one basket and, you know if that starts to slide it's like well so does the company. So, yeah, and then like they're making marathon now, right? right. Which that's going to help them, but it's going to be a while before 
you're going to have the extra revenue stream from Marathon. And how many people are going to play both? Like, how many people are just going to drop Destiny to start playing Marathon because that's the new one? You don't have to have all this other connection to Destiny. Also, how are you going to continually make the expansions more accessible for people? Because you're not doing, I think they are to a certain extent, but they're not doing the Final Fantasy 14 thing where they keep giving you a free pass to, you know, a next section of Final Fantasy 14 every time they do a new expansion. They're not necessarily doing that with uh, Destiny 2. So there's that cost prohibitive in there too. Um, yeah, it, it seems to be a, a lot of issues and it, it starts making you look at, man, PlayStation really is having to do a hard pivot now of remo- of taking the the games of service direction and saying, maybe we don't need to do 12 of these. Right. But like, do you worry about because we've already seen, you know, layoffs happen at other some of the studios. Do you think that they're, we're going to start seeing some of these other studios that they bought start? Having layoffs too, or, or yeah. at least it's really hard hard to pivot. You know, it's like oh, scrap the uh, you know SOCOM MMO or you know the games of the service SOCOM and make, just make another one of those or whatever. And yeah, I wonder that, like, if that uh, that Horizon one is still going to happen or not. Yeah, or the fact yeah. that they uh, I think they canceled or delayed heavily that Last of Us multiplayer thing. Yeah, and I said, like, who who wanted that? Or you know, like. It seems like these companies just make stuff and it's like, but who, like, unless there's like a, some huge fan base out there that I don't know about, like, who's clamoring for this? Well, you know, Jim Ryan kind of felt like, oh, we need to go hard on the games of service and then decided to make everyone pivot to that pretty much, except for, you know, like Insomniac and some of the other ones that are already, you know, were already had single player games of development, but it's like, I'm glad to hear that a lot of these studios stood up for themselves and fought against it and said, yo, we're not doing this, or at least we're not going to just move and start doing something that we're not used to doing because if they don't, if this doesn't hit, that's it. Like a lot of these people may be gone. So yeah, they got to think about their livelihoods and their jobs. And like, why can't we just keep doing the same thing? But then you look at it deeper there's a lot of costs involved with these single player games as well, right? Like, and even though Spider Man is selling crazy amounts, the fastest selling PlayStation uh, Five game or whatever of the generation so far now, that's a lot of money to do these big budget games, right? So, but, like, here's yeah. the thing: it doesn't need to be like it has to have a big budget, but it doesn't have to be like, the most expensive game ever. And I think that's like what they lose focus on. Yeah. Uh, that's what it seems like right it's like oh we needed to have these prestige movie type games and we don't have anything in the middle in between so you're just spending 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 and yes you're recouping but how much are you recouping from all of that budget and everything else and it's going to be very interesting what sony does now like post this like how many of these game service things actually wind up coming out how many of them do they just stop doing or they delay them until they figure out if they're going to do them more? And then what happens out of this is they, they did say they're going to try to do more stuff with third party, right? Um, they're not necessarily looking to buy anyone, even though they did just buy some 
uh, company for like some other media thing, the iSize, uh, that's, that's not really gaming related. Like, what do you see them starting to make, I guess, different types of games that they didn't make before now because of this to, to kind of recoup that or no, they're going to keep doing the same. Keep doing what they do, or you know, for good or for bad. Yeah, it, it's also interesting. Like, I think Herman Holt, they said that Herman Holst apparently wanted to get rid of a lot of the Japanese studios, also, which that's kind of crazy. But I mean, it depends because, like, some of them aren't probably pulling their weight, or you know, they right. used to be prestige. You know, like, think about like Polyphony Digital, you know, they made Gran Turismo, and that was used to be a seminal racing franchise, but. Mm-hmm. As men, it hasn't been like exciting or popular since like Grand Turismo Four. Well, I I would disagree on the popular. I think it is still very popular. They wouldn't be producing this new update that they just did, and it seems to be one of the big things that pushes the VR, the PS VR well, okay. to like mainstream yeah. popular. Let's right. Say, okay. Let's say that. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. You don't hear it talked about like you used to, right? right. Um, it obviously also has to do with there's a lot more choice in gaming now than there used to be, right? Um, I not think people really. have got like not or not, not not for racing games, but yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about racing games. I'm talking about just there's so much more out there for you to play that like you literally before it felt like to feel like you're playing the big games. There's sometimes where you needed to go into buying the Gran Turismo's or whatever, because that was Sony's next big game. Right. And it was the big game they were going to have for a while. Now it's like Gran Turismo is just a part of the five or six big games that they come out with. And then you can skip that and just play God of War or horizon or uh, Spider-Man or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, Whereas like, I think with Xbox Forza still feels a little now. Now I think horizon is, Obviously, I think feels like a much bigger thing than motorsport does because it appeals to more people. But when that comes out, it still feels like more people are gravitating towards that than necessarily aren't racing fans uh, than Gran Turismo does. But right. you know, it it's uh, it does say something about that. You know, they closed the Sony Japan studio, uh, they closed the Concrete Genie studio. Uh, so interesting. How much of a lifeline do they give the uh, what is it, the Astrobot studio? I can't think of the name right now. Um, you know, how much do they give them? Do they, you know, do they have to have that? Does Astrobot 2, whenever it is that that comes out, have to be this big success or or they start considering doing something with that as well? Like, yeah, I mean, if you look at it, a lot of the big studios necessar- that are doing stuff for Sony right now are not the big Japanese studios anymore. Right, that's right. dealt with third party. They do all those deals with Square Enix now, and um, all the the other Japanese publishers like uh, Capcom and uh, all that stuff. So probably not. It, it's interesting to just kind of see Sony be where they've been this entire generation and the PS4 generation, and then one wrong move kind of makes people have to look at and go. Oh man, we really need to change direction before we go too hard into this, and then we can't change direction. So, uh, yeah. good on the Sony people, I guess, for realizing that quickly. Again, hard goes out to all the Bungie people uh, that lost their jobs. That's always sucks. 
Um, hard sucks to see uh, one of the stalwart companies in the industry have to be dealing with stuff like this right now. Uh, hopefully they can write the ship just for the people that are working there um, and hit all the Destiny 2 fans and all that stuff. Um, you don't want to see game communities go away, uh, whether you like the, the type of game or not. Um, so hopefully it does, uh, does improve for them. And uh, it's just been a sucky year. It sucks like we have all these great games that have come out this year, and there's still some that are that are going to come out. I'm pretty sure uh, Mario RPG is going to be awesome, and uh, some that have come out this week that that look like they're great as well. Um, you know, I haven't played the Star Ocean remake yet. It, it's crazy when you have such an amazing year for games that you also have like so many crazy announcements of Leia. Yeah. Um, it just shows you how volatile this industry is, and it shows you like. It really makes people, I, I wonder about the generation that's coming, you know, my daughter's generation and all that. Like, how many people are looking at that and going, maybe I don't want to go into gaming? Outside of maybe, like, gaming content creation. And even that is is super saturated as well. But, like, as far as gaming websites, gaming uh, journalism, gaming development. Oh, that's, that's over. <laughs> all that stuff, it's like what a terrible year this has been for all of that you know so yeah it's just it sucks but let's actually talk about the, the you know the video games that have uh been out recently uh you played a lot of uh remnant too with yeah. the ends um, it's, it's funny he hated remnant one but like remnant two is like one of his not his favorite games is it really much different from the two that's made it like uh, I mean, it, it, it does play a little better, but the big thing is, is they added, they basically did add like a melee class, uh, which is what he prefers. Okay. Uh, I mean, he's, he's, there are still bosses and stuff where you have to shoot or stuff like that, but yeah, he swings a big sword around that looks like it's from Warhammer, so he's happy. It's good. You know, I did have a funny experience with it. Uh, I bought my copy from Gamefly, and I learned my lesson from doing that now. Why? Uh, because for like two weeks it played fine, uh, and then I think a few days ago I went to play it, and it was like, please insert the game disc, and I was like, the game disc is in there, you know, it's like right, uh, and then I restarted. I thought it like like somehow like either the disc drive messed up or something like that, so I just restarted my PS5, and it played fine, and then he wanted to play like later on that night, and the same thing happened, only this time the restart didn't work. And I kept trying it for like five minutes and I took the disc out and I put another game in and that loaded up fine. So I looked at the remnant two disc. There's a hairline crack in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like right where the spindle is and it's growing, you know, because every, every time I put the game yeah. in, it starts spinning up. So that's cool. And that makes it unusable. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so did you, oh, well, it's from Gamefly, oh. right? You can't refund it I, or. I mean, I might be able to send it back, but that's a hassle. I also bought a copy, another copy of Remnant 2 off Amazon. They sent me the European copy. There is, like, no North American copy for sale. And, it, like, and the save isn't compatible. You know, I loaded it up, and I was like, well, you know, if this works, I don't mind. I don't care. You know, it's whatever. Right, but and don't you have to be in the region or whatever? Change your position to that region for it to work? No, or? no, the game booted up fine. But the save is incompatible because it's a different, you know, version of the of the save of the game. Yeah. So a quick refund to Amazon later. 
Wow. But yeah, uh, we're progressing nicely through Remnant 2. We played till like 4 a.m. last night. Uh, he's like obsessed with it, which is funny. Yeah. He, like he's also obsessed with uh, clearing out the map, 100%ing it. And it's like, I mean, I guess to some extent, but like all this is randomized and you're never going to see everything in one go. Like I think he, he's like, oh, I want to see all the content. It's like, well, you can't because like, the whole point of this game is re-rolling the campaign or you know it's it's randomized so can't do that yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah it's a solid game the bosses are way better also that's another helpful thing for him uh because the old bosses in the game uh the last game bosses pretty much just had like endlessly spawning enemies and that doesn't exist in this one one or two bosses might spawn a few in it like a few little spawn a few grunts here and there but it's fine and the environment's a lot better, you know. Classes are more varied, you know. It's a, it's a good game. That's good. That uh, you like. I know uh, Keith really loved it. Um, yeah. He was talking about it a lot oh. when it first came out. So the other thing is, it's like full of fucking secrets. Like you need like a guide to like understand like three fourths of this game because it's like holy Christ. You know, if if I wasn't looking up a guide, we'd already be stuck like half like. Six, six to 12 times already because they're also like puzzles and oh okay all, I was gonna, yeah yeah they're all it, it, or the one the one thing he doesn't like is there are some bosses or some boss encounters that aren't normal or that are like more varied it's right. not just here's a big enemy shoot it in its glowy spot like one one boss encounter involved i want to say like six or seven rotating cubes on the ground and in the air and we had to shoot like these little white cubes off of it off the rotating ones. but the rotating ones would like stomp you or smush you into the ground and you have to like avoid the cubes and shoot at the little cubes and he hated that one <laughs> and there's another one where it was a big vertical like silo type of room right you know big you know and you had to stay between these two there was like electricity in the top and electricity in the bottom and it was moving down like an elevator kind of so you had like oh run. okay so you've been like stuck in a certain spot where you can't go up or down well and that's stuck yeah. because you're always trying to go down and this thing right. is like going down with you so you have to stay oh, okay. in a safe spot uh and not get you know electrified and he really didn't like that one and it's like i i prefer this type of boss actually i prefer this type yeah. of encounter because it's not just some dumb thing or you know just well it's good obvious. like it makes you have to think about something while you're fighting the boss not just right. and it wasn't even, shooting it yeah this wasn't even like a boss thing. i mean it was a boss encounter but there's no like big boss it's like no the goal is to survive or you know to shoot these little things in the environment as as you go down but that's it it's all about yeah it's about puzzle solving and you know more about than just you know roll out of the way and when a big boss Swipes a claw, you get out of it, you know, dodge it and keep shooting it. So, hey, so uh, Renton 2 gets my gets my thumb of approval and it gets his because I'm sure he may be arguing for it for game of the year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that uh he wound up liking it, especially after he didn't necessarily like the first one yeah. uh that much. So that's positive. Uh you yeah. you play Final Fantasy 16, though. I'm pretty still pretty early into it. I just okay. beat the first Garuda fight. Oh, okay, you're really early, yeah. Yeah, like, well, I I beat the chick, and then I beat the big Garuda 
I, right. Like, the the that icon. Yeah. Yeah. That. Uh, how many of those do you have to do? There. Well, after her, it, it, that's when they start getting crazy. Uh, there's like, like I got that four fun. of them. I thought that a freak fight was terrible. The okay, the one where you like fight yourself. You mean? No, no. I meant the when where you play as a freak facing. Yeah. Georgia. So like, it's that that one. It sucks. Like um, when you start getting to the other ones, which are way grander and uh, not necessarily harder, but grander. Yeah, more epic. Um, or, yeah, yeah. It, it won't feel as bad. I don't know what why that fight itself. Feels like it well, was. Like, yeah. Freak feels like he's like slow and plotting. Yeah, he doesn't feel like that in the other other fights. And I don't know why in that one. I it, guess it, because it's so close together. Like that was the other thing. Yeah, it is like incredible. Like it was like really off putting because it's like okay, you're going sneaking through this enemy base to to find the fire guy or whatever, and then you have like four boss fights in quick succession, and it's like holy Christ! Like you could throw in a break here somewhere, like. Yeah, I mean, but that, does, that makes it a little bit exciting because a lot of the main enemies you fight are just fodder. So, like, that doesn't necessarily bother me that much. As, as Scott mentions, yeah, they do get a lot bigger in scope. And uh, thanks, Scott, for, for watching along as well. Just um, So, oh, here's here's a dumb question also. I mean, you, you beat the game, right? Right, yeah. Is, is the voice acting, aside from the guy who plays Sid, is the voice acting supposed to be bad? Man, that's you. That's that's you because Ben Starr as Clive is freaking awesome. Okay, he he uh, said a, he, there there was one line very oh. early on where I think he said like I'll fucking kill you or something like that, and I I just broke out into laughter. And there's another line where uh, what's her name, Benedicta? Yeah, like the dog attacks her, and she like pushes it away and she's like fucking dog and i'm like oh my god like yeah mo most of the line readings are good but it's like i don't know if it's a script or the way they just do it but it's just like i just start busting out into laughter i'm like wow okay well okay i, I it, agree it feels, with, like, yeah. it feels tonally out of place let's just say that okay um well for one they do Benedicta really bad in this game. I don't. I don't think that she's for the as good as the voice actress actually is. She's yeah. not the one of the best characters in this game, unfortunately. Um, but Clive gets uh, is is fantastic. The voice actor for Clive, he's making a name for himself just off that voice by itself, uh, doing everything with it. Um, I, I love obviously sitting Clive, the two voice actors for them carry this game. Um, yeah. but there's other voice actors, like when you get to meeting the uncle that I think they might have mentioned at some point there. Uh, he has a really good uh voice actor. Uh, another the the guy, I think you've probably met Gav, yeah, at this point, he's yep. really good. Um, is he like a main character? Or is he important? Yes, he, he like, will. He will eventually become more important. Yeah, he, he seemed like a like a glorified red shirt initially. Or <laughs> he's like, yes, and initially it feels like he's just a lackey, but then he will become important. So um, okay. you'll get used to hearing him. And no, like, uh, you know, yeah, game game seems fine. I actually do like the combat quite a bit. Uh, I'm using one of the cheater rings that lets you like puts up a big prompt when he's when he's supposed to like 
uh, dodge. So, I mean, you really don't need that, but if you want to do it to make you get through the game faster, okay, I get it. Um, and I'm also using like the, the cheater sword, the onion sword they give me. That's like oh, way better than the okay. crap that I had. <laughs> the only one I used was uh, for Torgal the dog because I didn't want to be managing him. Yeah, the, the uh, dog commands. Yeah, that seems bad. <laughs> And the other reason I didn't want to keep using the other ones is because it takes away your equipment slots and you do right, eventually yeah. get, I mean, I, you do get some out, that are helpful. Yeah. I'll probably swap out that one uh, dodging eventually. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's still one of my favorite games. The best part is the combat, obviously, and the story. If you get into it, I, you know, maybe for some people that doesn't click, but hopefully the voice acting will grow on you. Um, yeah. Because I liked that. a lot I mean, of the characters. Yeah. So, um, uh, and like, like uh, Scott says, there are accessories that increase damage for for specific summons, like specific uh, characters yeah, yeah. that you do and stuff like or, that. Yeah, so. specific abilities. It's like, oh, this increases your flame typhoon by eight percent. It's like, um, I wound up not using any of those. There's one that does something about the uh, it improve. There's one item you get eventually that will make it to where you get more attribute points every time you helpful. kill one of the enemies. Yeah. That's the one that I always had on, right. and the Torgo one, and then there were the other one I can't think of because uh, you could only have three slots. But yeah, yeah. Um, ho- hopefully, uh, the voice acting grows on you. Uh, it'd be interesting to know when what's your favorite, like when you beat more of the icons. Which uh, uh, that's easy. It's gonna be the cat yeah. car one, man. Come on, <laughs> right. Um, summon summon yeah. a two hundred foot cactar on the battlefield. <laughs> so you did uh you did beat uh Spider Man two now or yeah. Uh and I got the platinum. Uh oh the platinum, okay. It's, was it's it was really, it hard to get the platinum? It, it, it ain't hard, yeah. Like okay. Uh there's only like kind of one challenge like not even challenge, you know, like there's one trophy that's like get from one the southeast or the southwest corner of the map to the northeast corner just using gliding. And that took me like two or three times, but I got it. Uh, that is a, a great, Spider-Man 2 is a great example of one step forward, two steps back. Like I said last okay. time, like they really simplified stuff. Uh, I'm amazed though at how buggy the game is still. In okay. The, the pivotal, one of the pivotal fights is you are Miles beating up on Peter Parker as like Venom or, you know, he's corrupted. The second I won the fight, it black screened and stuff was still going on. Like, I guess still had dialogue, but I just had a black screen. Oh, no. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know? And I restarted the, I restarted the game and then it just loaded up correctly. But it's like, way to, way to kill the emotional moment, you know? Uh, yeah, it sucks and... that you're having, it seems that you're seeming to be having more bugs than, I guess. A lot of people. Uh, yeah, and I've, even, I've uh, taken video files, too. Because <laughs> I always find that helpful. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's fine. I think it does play a little too safely. Uh, or I think the first game was a lot more... I wouldn't say broad, but a lot more expansive. Uh, Did you wind up still not liking the Venom powers or whatever once you got them? Or they wind up being uh, No, or? well, they're so... In the grand scheme, they're, they're pretty minor. Or, you know, like I said, it's just kind of like small changes over, you know, the regular stuff. It's not like, oh, now I can 
really tear ass through a bunch of enemies. Like you, you can once in a while when you like your ultimate meters filled up, but it's pretty rare. Did you wind up enjoying the story at least? It's fine. The funny thing is, I mean, I remember when they announced them that uh, you know Tony Todd is uh, Venom, you know the voice actor, and I love Tony Todd. Don't get me wrong. He could have knocked that up in like a in like a day. Like Venom speaks so little in this. He has like eighty lines total, and it's like okay. Uh, for as much for as big a deal as you made this out to seem, it's pretty underwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, the story's good. Uh, MJ is like her her parts don't suck anymore, or they still kind of do, but she has more agency in the story at least, or she can like stun guys. Uh, yeah, the last part, you know, it's goofy, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I liked it, but I, I would probably, I'll probably write the review and give it like an eight out of 10. Uh, yeah. I, that's that people are going there. This is not this compared to some other games. It's not been getting this, uh, it, it is a little bit all over the place because they're, like you said, it, there is a lot of familiarity there and, um, some of the things seemed a bit more hyped than they are. Uh, Scott brought up a point about the bugs, saying that it kind of seems to be based on the like location with the SSD. And if you put in the 120 hertz modes or not, also, I have that, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that it seems to be like some people are obviously there's the idiots, uh, the Xbox console warriors that were just finding bugs just to find them, but there are people that that we're saying that there are seems to be a lot more bugs than, than the first game and pokes that had no problems at all. So it, it, bugs are always yeah, weird like that. Every game has, you know, people always can have an issue happen. Like I just saw uh, a guy on Twitter, the guy, one of the guys from Penny Arcade talk about finding a bug in Alan Wake 2. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, Alan Wake, Alan Wake 2 had a pretty big one, which happened to me. Uh, the no sound bug at the beginning of the game. I was sitting there going, is this supposed to be like silent? And like, yeah. I had to restart my Xbox in order for it to work and, and the sound to come back on. And it was, they apparently fixed it in the big patch they did. But yeah. Uh, yep. Is that it for you there? Yeah. I'm going to a, a retro game convention tomorrow. So that'll be fun. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we can talk about that next week then. Um, Anybody cool going to be there? Or? Uh, I mean, a few of my acquaintances that I know, but no one, no one big or anything. I mean, it's kind of a local show. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going there just to see what, what I can find, and then yep, say hi to a few people. That's always uh, good when you can have some fun there. Uh, I, speaking of Alan Wake, since you mentioned it, I did get a bit farther. Uh, I've now gotten into like partway through the first Alan Wake section. Um. It is, uh, it's different than somewhat different than the saga section because it's not, it feels much more like the first game. There's not that much, um, there's not as many enemy encounters. Let's be honest, there's not that many enemy encounters. If you're going to compare that to, say, uh, Resident Evil 4 that just came out earlier this year when you're talking about survival horror, it, it does feel much more like Resident Evil 2 remake in that regard. That the enemy encounters are much more, uh, kind of sparsed out but they also want you to experience the story so it's a lot more about atmosphere and having tension the whole time 
and then there's the boss battle stuff. It's not like the first game has way more enemy encounters than this game does. And I know, yeah. and I do kind of get people's uh, issues with that. Like feeling like, Oh my God, this game feels me with dread the whole time. And then there's no payoff to that for a large part of it because you're just walking to find the next thing you need to find or the next thing that you want to find. Uh, Cause right. you can explore or not explore up to you. And there's never like a, oh crap, here comes uh, like some taken, or here comes like uh, towards the black bat, uh, the back half of the saga part. There's like these wolves, uh, the taken wolves that come out, and and then you have to shoot them and uh, with the shotgun like in midair, and sometimes they'll get you because you don't see them. Uh, so they don't. There's not a lot of them, so it's just kind of like giving you dread without giving you the oh crap, here comes the people I got to deal with. But when they do show up, it is kind of scary because a lot of times they don't, you're not going to see them, you know, unless you have any pointing in the correct direction with your flashlight when they first come out. So uh, I think it's a nice give and take there. This game is obviously, it's super like artsy. It's super like wants you to get what it's getting there. And I haven't even gotten to the part that even gets more artsy than it is. Um, the Alan Wake section with him, like basically using his writing for you to, to give you parts of the story is a little bit different than sagas, like doing the, the detective thing. Um, so that part's cool. Uh, I think you're going to jive with that depending there's some people that kind of feel like you're just putting things on a wall and you're not really doing a lot. So I can kind of get that, but I'm loving the game. Uh, I'm going to have a lot of games like come in that, you know, now like a, like a, uh, like a Dragon Guy Den comes out next week, so that's probably going to take up my time not necessarily playing that. Uh, but it's a game that I think about a lot when I'm working. Like, I wish I could just be playing the game <laughs> instead of working. Because, um, it, you know, it just it makes me want to go, uh, I guess, watch Twin Peaks again or um, things like that that are kind of like Alan Wake, just how much um, it's kind of just hitting me, how much I'm enjoying it. So. Um, yeah, uh, definitely excited for. Uh, we're going to talk about like Remedy announcing what they're doing with their other games in a little bit, uh, and uh, excited for more of their more of their stuff to come. Uh, so the I guess the new games that I've been playing uh, this week, uh, one of them is a game that's like right up my alley. I think I've talked about like the fact that it was going to come out a few times. This uh, and I'm I'm not a battle royale person at all. But when you tell me that there's a rhythm game, Battle Royale game, I'm definitely going to be playing that. So this Headbangers uh, Rhythm Royale came out uh, on Halloween. Uh, it's on Game Pass if you would rather not, if you want to just try it out, you know, because you may be like me, you're not big on the let me play Battle Royale games. Uh, it's pretty fun. If you like rhythm games, uh, they have different little games that you do and Obviously, you start out with 30, 30 pigeons. You know, you all you're basically taking the control of a pigeon, and you get to customize it and whatever. And you get points, and uh, but you're basically going from thirty to twenty to ten, and then you're trying to be the ultimate person left standing. Um, I think for the most part, like a lot of the games are fun. Like uh, there's the traditional like rhythm game stuff yeah. that uh, you play where 
you're guessing the note you're guessing sounds like based off of whether it's an animal or a, an instrument or whatever there's somewhere you have to match the notes so like you're doing the star one of them is like a classical one so like i've done the star spangled banner and then the french national anthem and you're having to guess like whether it's supposed to be high pitched or low pitched and you go through and you press y ax whatever um they're really fun I think for the most part, they're short, so they don't take forever. I think what takes longer is actually waiting for the thing to load up to get all of the 30 players for me. Uh, the games don't take that long um, in themselves. Uh, I think it's actually something kind of fun you could play with other people, um, especially people that are like, you know, very musically inclined. Um, so, yeah, it's, I think it's, serves its purpose um and being on game pass is great because then you can just get people to obviously you have to have an xbox controller um but you can get other people to play with you there or you can just play online so uh i've been enjoying it and, and it's um i definitely think if you have game pass and you like rhythm games music games you know uh, check it out for sure here's, um, here's an idea though yeah uh rock band uh battle royale Oh, please don't. Don't give them another idea that they need uh, to try to. I'm surprised Epic hasn't tried to do that yet. You know, they own Rock Band, the Rock Band developer now. So I'm surprised Epic hasn't tried to tell them, hey, we should turn Rock Band into a battle royale. Like, um, uh, you know, maybe if they get desperate enough, we'll do it. Or they'll do it with, um, you know, the Rock Band Blitz, the one where you don't need the instruments. I guess perhaps they could do that if they want to, but they'd have to redo it for PS5 and, and Series X. Uh, so, the, uh, Life is Strange, um, and then, so you know, Tell Me Why, some other, you know, story games. So, you're, this is like a, a climbing game, uh, essentially. You're climbing a mountain. Uh, you have this, uh, it has this kind of neat art style, and you're basically, you're only, you have a little pet character that helps you if you get stuck. And you also have this rope that you would do if you're rock climbing or climbing a, a mountain or whatever that kind of holds you back and uh, lets you kind of steer yourself when you're trying to do the handhold parts where there are there are handholds. And you do the left and right trigger to go up and, up and down. Uh, and then you can kind of mess with it to where you can go faster or slower. Eventually when you get, Further on, this is like a five-hour game, so it's not a game that takes forever. So if it kind of jives with you, you could do actually do it in one sitting. But like the further you go in the chapters, it actually has different um, like clouds get in the way or like rocks start coming down, things like that to kind of make your uh, travel further. And it is telling a story, um, sort of as well as you're going through. And I've I'm I think probably like halfway through. Um, and I have been enjoying it. So if you kind of like Don't Nod's other games, um, I would check this out. Uh, like I said, the climbing thing may not be for everybody. Uh, he's not perfect. The character has like has the problems with like jumping because uh, there's parts where you need to like jump to a ledge or whatever, and it doesn't necessarily work that well. It's sometimes it's hard to figure out where the ledge is that you're supposed to jump to. So, um. Yeah, that's that was the part that kind of bugged me after a while. I had to like really think about what I was doing. And then there's parts where there's no handhold. So you have to use other things that you get in the game in order to be able to like keep going. Um yeah. but it's a neat little game. Uh, you know, so if you're looking for something to play 
again, it's on Game Pass, so try it out. And if it doesn't work for you, then, you know, whatever. Um, probably the, I guess, most well-known game out of the three that I've been playing, Thirsty Suitors, because it has a demo. Uh, it's been shown off in various trailers. It's one of the big Annapurna games uh, that they've shown off at their various uh, event things that they've had. Um if you don't know anything about the game at all, uh, so you're basically playing as Jala, who is a uh, uh, Pakistani Indian. Um, she has had issues. With, it's sort of like Scott Pilgrim. She's had issues with various boyfriends and girlfriends because uh, she um, is bi. So she uh, got done with the latest breakup, and now she's going back home. And so in the way of that, all her boyfriends and girlfriends also live in the same town where she is. Uh, and so you basically have to go through uh, in JRPG style, turn-based style, uh, go through your boyfriends and girlfriends. I've only gone through, I think, like two of the quote-unquote boss battles. Uh, they're fun. Um, I like the the battle mechanics, but uh, and you can die or you can lose if you don't pay attention. Um, because there's different like status effects and stuff that you have to do as you would in an RPG. Uh, just you kind of have to pay attention. The first one's like tutorial battle, so it kind of like walks you through what you're supposed to do. Uh, but the thing that you have to pay attention to is that there's um, there's QTE stuff in the battle. So like if you don't press A in the right section, you're going to get hit more. If you don't press like the left stick or whatever, whenever it prompts you, if you don't do it. Within a certain time frame, you're going to get more damage. Uh, and then when you attack is when you actually get the like MP, or they call it WP in this game, uh, to be able to do the the different attacks, which are kind of cool. Um, and then you can do like funny summons. Like uh, the first guy that you fight is uh, like your third grade boyfriend, and he's like a mama's boy or whatever. So. Uh, you go get your mom to attack him and do a uh, <laughs> big attack, uh, do a big attack on him or whatever. Um, it's it's an it's funny, it's enjoyable. I think it's um, I think you kind of have to be in that vibe also to kind of like it. I don't think it's going to be for everybody, uh, but if you kind of if you like uh, visual novels or uh, kind of like narrative games, I think it's worth checking out. She also skateboards. Uh, so there are like skateboard mechanics and tricks you can do and things like that um, to kind of progress through as well. So I've, I've found it entertaining and, and I've liked it so far. I like the characters. They're all kind of different, uh, like pop off the screen kind of thing. The battles like pop off the screen too. So yeah, um, definitely worth checking out if you like that. Like I said, I don't think it's going to be for everybody. Obviously the content in there is not for everybody. I don't think you need to go uh, attack the devs because they they made this game either, which I've seen some people do, which is ridiculous to me. Uh, but hey, if you like Enterprise Games, this is another one of their uh, I think really good ones. Uh, definitely go go check it out. And I think it, if anything, it makes you think about your relationships and like what you've been through at all. What I think the whole point of this is what I'm getting from the first two levels is it's sort of your because at the beginning of the game you do kind of like a profile test. I guess if you do it based off of things you've experienced, it's going to give you sort of like a 
what kind of person you are based off these three different rankings. And then once you win battles and things like that, you can give yourself points for those. And essentially what it's trying to do is make you, it's not, she makes it about them. Like it's their fault, but it's actually trying to kind of tell her like, Oh, maybe it was actually you, you know? So I think it was like a sort of interesting look and, like how we think of relationships and and things like that. So, I think it yeah. was last week. But did you see that? I mean, because you care about the company a lot more than I do. That Anna collection. Yes, that looks. I take, uh, I take it you didn't buy it. <laughs> I did not. Uh, I've looked at it. The thing is, I own a lot of their games already, so right. I don't need to buy the collection. But for people that that haven't and really want to look at their games i think you you definitely should i mean they have some really good games uh on there uh for sure i think people should should give them a, a shout um so i think that that's it for playing games here uh on this one we kind of we already talked about the the destiny and playstation thing uh but there are some some other things to get to one that was uh, sort of interesting for uh, this week that I kind of saw because there's been a lot of talk about Modern Warfare 3's campaign is very s- small. You know, it's very short and it's only like three or four hours. And so I mean, people are like, it, 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 it was supposed to be DLC for Modern Warfare 2. Right. And they actually sort of, they were talking to some folks from RGG uh, for Like a Dragon uh, Guide In, and they actually talked about how Like a Dragon Guide In was supposed to be DLC for Infinite Wealth, right? Um, that they could have done the game in a 30-minute interlude in Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, but they decided to kind of, hey, we don't have to, like, redo this from scratch. We just, we have a lot of the assets. Let's do this, you know? Let's let's make it a whole game for Kiryu. Um especially since he's going to be in infinite wealth and all that. So like when you're comparing and contrasting, we haven't actually haven't played like a dragon guide in yet uh, to be able to make the comparison ourselves. But do you have like recollections of when they've said something about, Oh, this game was going to be DLC, but it's actually a full game. And it was actually good to maybe modern warfare three should have stuck as being DLC from modern warfare two and left it at that. Uh, I mean, Mirage is kind of a good example. Yeah, uh, another one. That's the inverse because that was not a ultimately not like the greatest game ever. Or, you know, uh, you know, sometimes like Saints Row Four, I think that was supposed to be like you know, uh, this expansion to Saints Row Three, and they were like, eh, we need money, we need more money, so right, let's just, pump this, let's just put this out as a as a separate product. Like, what do you think about that in general? I just I mean, so it's just... fine. Like, I don't mind like reusing assets to an extent. Or to me, I, I care about like writing and characters. And again, you know, if it's the same map, I mean, at least you know where shit is. <laughs> uh, but sometimes it can go overboard. Like I think Far Cry, one of the Far Cries, like really did reuse the same map as like the one of the previous ones. Wasn't Blood Dragon also supposed to be like DLC for something? And then no, they just what? made it into its own. I think it was DLC. Uh, for Far Cry three, I think, or maybe four. Uh, I mean, yeah, it happens. I guess that's kind of the, the way it goes now. I mean, th- th- I mean, I look at it. I get guess I'd say it's more of an expansion pack. Yeah, 
but I think the the important thing is they need to price it accordingly. You know, like you yeah, know, I, that's my on. thing too. Right? Is is a uh, Black Dragon Guide in is fifty dollars. Yeah. Um, you could probably maybe argue that it maybe forty would have been the sweet spot or whatever, but it's also on Game Pass, so it's not like you you have to uh, buy. Which might have been the reason why it's on Game Pass because it was they knew that it being a smaller title, it may not um, you know do the big numbers that they needed to do. But I I do wonder if for one, this is Activision. This is what they do. I think nobody should be surprised that they did something like this. Charge. I don't know, you know, full price for a three to four hour campaign when most people, 99% of people that buy modern, the Call of Duty, they're buying multiplayer anyway. Here's the thing. Uh, Black Ops 4 didn't even have, didn't even have. Yeah, because it was supposed to be so bad, right? That they didn't have it. Um, But there was such also, there was apparently a backlash also against why this and this have a campaign. Why are you charging me $60 for what is essentially just the multiplayer um, so it kind of made them have to go back and be like, okay, yeah, the next one's going to have a campaign. Don't worry about that. But I, I also kind of get the people that say, well, like the other ones at least have eight hours or they're at least, you know, six or seven hours. Like this one's really short. Why didn't you just leave it as DLC? Right. Um, instead of because, making it a full game. Because they know people will pay for it and it'll still be, if not the top selling game of the year, at least top five. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I do wonder if this makes people have to like reconsider that or maybe the advent of having uh PS plus game pass makes it to where, oh, well, we can just make a deal with one of those, uh, and that'll lessen the blow of the whole having to pay the, the money for that. Um, I think we'll, we'll have to see how the like a dragon guide in turns out to kind of add to that here. Uh, but at least you still get the multiplayer suite that you you mostly enjoy in these games. Um, you know, and they're adding, I think, all the maps from the previous game and then adding some other... Uh, well, so, yeah, at least the stuff from the previous game is carrying over. Like, right. That, that didn't even happen. Most, most of these games are so separated that... Right. It's like, okay, I bought some cool skin. I can use it for this one game and that's it. Or I bought exactly. the uh, voice back and it's like, well... This game has it, but not the other, not none of the other ones. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you also don't have to buy it uh, yeah. as well. In fact, if you want to show them that you'd rather this have just been DLC and be cheaper, uh, don't go buy it, right? Because then they might have to reconsider, like, really putting in work to make this an actual uh, game, you know, full game instead of just, okay, it's DLC, it's $20, $30, and there it is, and... Uh, you know, just vote with your wallet. That's always the best way to tell people that you don't want something. Um, but also with Activision Blizzard, it's eventually going to be on Game Pass. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, again, you don't have to buy it. So um, it, I, I do think for the most part, like it is just a nicer way to like let you just be in that world again. Right. And if you like that, then cool. Um, I do think that it's good when you feel like you have a concept that's good enough to be another game, but then when you like arbitrarily fill it out with stuff that's not fun, that's when it's kind of like, why did you do this? Right. Um, but if you are able to do it successfully, then 
I'm cool with it. Just that's the problem, I think, is a lot of times you are elongating this game and making it another whole game so you could charge people, but then the content in there is not not yeah, worth it's it. too thin, or you know, yeah. designed to be a necessarily a, a full experience. So yeah, and then also you're you definitely need to have the story stack up for I mean Call of Duty is an exception, it's mainly a multiplayer game, but let's hope that Lack of Dragons Guidance story, which they're known for, is still stands out with the other Lack of Dragon stories and it'll be worth it to have made this into a full game, you know. Um yeah. well the good thing that helps that game also is that Infinite Wealth comes out like two months after. So you're not having to do this big waiting period either to get the game that you really wanted. So yeah, it's just, I think it's about strategy, about different things. It interest it is interesting when they do it. Uh I also, you know, I particularly don't care about this, but I found it interesting the people that, uh, what did you think about the whole, I know you don't have an Xbox, but what do you think about that whole, like, there's an ad now that tells you to go buy Call of Duty when you first turn it on. I saw it this morning when I was trying, when I was, when like, I turned it on. When you turn in your Xbox, there's an ad to buy Call of Duty? Right. So when you turn it on, there's like a big splash page that tells you, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, and then it gives you a button to want to go buy it if you want. And you can't so like, do anything else. You have to go and hit no before you go into your Xbox. That's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, they've done it for Forza. They, I think they did it for Starfield as well. Um, I mean, I, I don't think PlayStation does that, and I don't think they yeah, no, play, I mean, no, there's a difference between having an ad like front and center, like right. on the storefront, like storefront, Rather than, you know, you need to button through this ad to even, like, use the system. Yeah, like, uh, it is I'd a give, little bit egregious, I agree. I'd give a hearty fuck yeah. you to that and start yeah. trading in my system then and there. And be like, well, <laughs> oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Go to that point of trading in the system. Well, uh, if they did it once, you could kind of excuse it, but there's another third time. And you know it's right. just going to keep happening more and more. And it's like, I, I know you, you have these big games. I get it. I understand, but you don't need to like display it the first that you know. I'm trying to watch a movie or you know play something right. else. And also, they shouldn't be doing that for Game. Pa- you know, I'm surprised they don't like know if you you subscribe to Game Pass already or not. Because like, if you are, why are you showing me this bullshit anyway? You know, I mean, there are people that are that have an Xbox that are not subscribed, and no, I know. I don't. Yeah, ha- I'd probably be one of those people. Yeah, like I, I don't. Uh... I don't have an issue with it particularly as long as it's just one time and it's not every time I turn on the Xbox. If yeah, it's if every it... single time I turn on the Xbox from here to when Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 launches, then yes, I have an issue because it's like, I already told you no once. I don't need you to constantly be putting it in my face that I should go buy this game according to you. Yeah, uh, it's like nagware. Or, you know, yeah, exactly. It's if you're doing it the one time when you wanted to send this ad out. Now, if they do this multiple times, I'm also going to have a problem. Like, oh, we made a different ad that it's like, it's the same shit, right? Like, yeah. just just don't do this constantly um, because you already have ads on the system itself. Like, it's, it's there's already there. Uh, it's like when you turn on the smart TV now. Like at least my Roku TVs, they have an ad that's there on the right side of the thing, constantly telling you to go watch this or watch that or whatever. So, 
Um, I get that that's kind of part of it now, um, that they have to find ways to throw ads in there, but it's a bit I mean, egregious, you know. I, again, like when I boot up the Switch or PS5, like it just defaults like the main menu. It's not right. And yeah, if I button over to the store, then this big bright ad for Spider Man 2 or, you know, whatever. But right. Yeah. yeah it doesn't invade your space. Yeah. In order for you to keep. Do you ever get the that. emails from Sony about like, I got two already, like one for Mirage and one for Spider Man 2. Like, oh, we've seen yes. you started your journey. It's like, started the journey i finished the journey already <laughs> like i already got the i already got the platinum like what more do you want from me <laughs> right it's like um definitely you're kind of a little bit late on that yeah <laughs> but hey it's um it's never too late to tell people what's going on with your game and remedy has done that here they have you know alan wicks 2 is a success for them at least critically and then with all the hype going on so they went ahead and basically in their financial report gave uh, progress on what's going on. They're doing the Max Payne 1 and 2 remakes, and that is now progressing to the production readiness stage. Uh, so they're starting actual, uh, you know, big development. It, it's ready to, to be in development and all that stuff. Um, and then Control is sort of in the... Uh, Control 2, I'm sorry, should be, is in the like... They're getting it ready stage. They're still kind of in the yeah, pre- pre- concept. Pre- yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be a while still. Uh, yeah. But the fact that they're making it, that's good. Um, I honestly, love control. Kinda, yeah. So go ahead. I was going to say, honestly, it's kind of nice that they're do- at least publicly saying this because most companies are so tight lipped about stuff. You know, Right. I kind of get it from that perspective of just like, oh, we don't want to announce something too early. And then. Um, you know, I mean, announcing it is one thing, but I mean, I them saying like, "Hey, this is actually happening." I mean, they, they shouldn't put up like a progress bar on the website saying, "Oh, Max Payne is now eleven percent done, and by next week, twelve percent." You know, nothing like that. But yeah, think about company. You know, think about like uh, Fable or Elder Scrolls Six. It's like they announced it years ago, right? And nothing, you know. So a company actually saying like, "Hey, it's not out." I mean, Max Payne isn't out yet, and it's barely even started. But hey, it started at least, and you know, maybe wait a few years and it'll be out. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, definitely uh, that happened. Like you said, to Bethesda, that's happened to uh, you know Marvel. Just we're gonna talk about Marvel in a, a little bit. Um, they had to do that. They had to announce movies they didn't want to announce because they felt like they had to have something big to announce. Yeah. Uh, so that is uh, that's a thing, and it's good that Remy is able to do it in a good way and not like, oh well, we have to tell you, right? Right. Um, they are also doing these uh, ones a four player co op spinoff of Control uh, named Condor. I'll be interested to see how much story they put into that uh, because the last time that they did something that wasn't what they normally do, Crossfire X, yeah. that didn't turn yeah. out very well. Um, right. And then uh, Codename Vanguard, which they're doing with Tencent, is a co-op PvE shooter. Shooter. Uh, again, this is like uh, Crossfire X. Like, let's see what happens. <laughs> it's it's a weird thing because I was talking about 
we were talking about earlier about, you know, Bungie not diversifying or, you know, putting all their eggs in one basket. You can make the case for Remedy, Remedy should almost do that. Like, I want to make an Alan Fix and Control 9. I don't give a shit about Crossfire or that co-op game or the other the other thing you just mentioned, the PV shooter. It's like, who gives a fuck? Like, this isn't what you're known for and you're not good at it. Like, right. I, I hate to be, I hate to be negative, but like, come on, like get get your put Sam like make him put him in a dark room and have him keep writing shit, and then just make games off it and let's go. <laughs> well, also, I mean, part of that is because uh, isn't Tencent like funding? Well, it's Epic, but number Tencent also right, yeah, has an investment in Epic, so they kind of have to do what they say. Right, uh, but like, what happens when the game comes out and bombs? It's like, well, you're the one who told us to make it, and then it didn't hit. So, right, um, on us. <laughs> supposedly, they have done a lot of studying into the service gaming stuff that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks that people are yeah. pivoting from, and that they know how to do this is what they're saying. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, I don't know why you need to have Condor. I really don't when control was fine as it is and you're making a control too. But I, again, yeah. you know, a separate product instead of just being a mode in control too. <sighs> Whatever. Also, <laughs> you know, how many of these four player games come out and like really bomb? Talk about, yeah. I, I would say control two on its own, not an absolute hit, but not like 95% will probably be great. But this condor thing, you know, maybe 20%. <laughs> Right, especially because like when Control first came out, a lot of people didn't know that it was connected to Alan Wake at all, number one. Number two, that it was kind of still under the radar. Now with Alan Wake 2 being uh, great, by then the Max Payne 1 and 2 remakes will be there. And like this Remedyverse thing will be a lot bigger by then, so Control 2 will have a lot more hype around it. And I think a lot more people will be interested in it than when control one came out. So that's uh, going to be interesting too, about how that much that affects things. Yeah. Uh, also interesting that, uh, you know, Capcom uh, feels that, you know, some mods need to be looked at just like you would anti cheat, anti piracy measures. And that, uh, why aren't we looking at them that way? Now he does mention that mods are, there are also really good mods uh, that the majority of mods are positive. There are some that are offensive to public order and morals. I'm looking at you, all the nudity mods usually, or having characters have things that they shouldn't have or whatever. And then, you know, also the ones that get buggy and bug people's systems and things like that because they download them. Uh, I know you're a PC guy. You do a lot of things on, you, you play your games on Steam uh, when your computers can run them. I'm sure you like using mods. What? Where do you think? Uh, what do you think about this with with him and Steam mods is anti cheat? Hello. Uh oh. Did did uh, we lose Mark here as well? No, no, I'm here. Sorry. Oh. Uh, I muted my microphone back for a second. I was gonna say uh, I, I can see the I can see why you don't want mods for competitive games like Street Fighter. It's like oh my mod makes me invincible. Like, well yeah, that's cool. <laughs> uh, but for single player games or even like co-op games like who cares 
I mean, yeah. as long as a mod, like, for the co-op game isn't, like, cheat, you know, one-hit kill, or, you know, like, I can decimate the monster in this Monster Hunter game in, you know, like, one second, like, yeah, I would argue that that's not great, but that you're kind of just ruining the experience for yourself and others, but other people could just, just ban you or, you know, just get out of their group. But especially for single player games, like who cares? Yeah, definitely for single player games. Like if you're not playing with anybody else, who cares? Most of those are for fun anyway, right? Yeah. Like you want to add stupid weapons that shouldn't be there or. Uh, I want all the enemies in Resident Evil Village to be Lady Lady Dimitrescu. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like that's just fun and a lot of stuff is just made for memes or whatever yeah. us or like you know the thomas the tank engine ones that came out for uh Resident oh yeah Evil 2. <laughs> or you know stuff like that like it's like who cares right or the ones that like actually update like frame rate and things like that that actually help the game you know right. those are helpful um you know i i get it that uh you know you don't necessarily want uh, oh, we can play all the characters naked in Final Fantasy VII Remake now. Like, I, you know, I get, get that. Back. <laughs> right, like, but I get it from the devs' perspective. They don't want, let's say, you know, a kid is, or a younger person, not, not necessarily a kid, because they're probably not going to know, but let's say, like, a, you know, a kid that's not, like, 16, 17, 18, whatever, plays the game, they find that there's a mod, they download it, and then their parents are outraged because, and then they blame the game, and then they say that they you shouldn't be playing this game because they think that the game it's it's in the game inherently or whatever, like you know, or or people start like changing the um, voice, changing a voice for something, or or making them say, uh, wasn't there a game where they added like uh, they added them saying like the f word every other word or something like that? Like it's like you know, wasn't that Mario uh, Wonder? Yes, like oh, they 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 made the they made the flowers that tell you like positive things say not positive things, right? right? And it's like there could be parents out there that have no idea that mods exist, and then think that Nintendo made you know poopy mouth flowers or or whatever, you know. So I kind of get it from that perspective. Uh, yes, but most of the time mods are not there to be negative, so. You know. Also, like if you're, I mean, if you're that dumb, like, hey, uh, I mean, people are juvenile. What do you, what do you say? <laughs> like, I meant, I meant the parents. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah, there's it, a lot it, of parents that have no idea about a lot of the stuff that goes on in games. I mean, let's let's be fair. Yeah, but then there's also the parents that like want to legislate games or legislate content and yeah, games and I agree with you on that. and stuff. And you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, do research before you tell people that you want to do this and that for for games first. Yeah. So let's get into some um, movie stuff here. Uh, one of them does have to do with um, video games because Five Nights at Freddy's had their movie come out last week. Uh, helps a lot that it was before Halloween, so people are into watching the scary movies and things like that. Uh, but as of Halloween, October 31st, Five Nights at Freddy's has a better five-day debut on Peacock uh, than Halloween Ends and Super Mario Brothers movie. Obviously, a lot of people had seen Super Mario Brothers movie by the time it came out to right. Peacock. Uh, but it had uh, one heck of a opening in the movies as well. 132.7 million globally. 
uh, the biggest horror film opening of 2023, which that's that's pretty big. And I think it had the best opening of any video game movie as well. We got to remember that uh, Mario movie came out on a Wednesday. So, um, but still, it's still a video game movie. It's still it still came out on Peacock the same day. A lot of people will say that you can't have a movie come out on streaming service and in theaters. They won't do well. Uh, is this a positive for that? Does that show that you can, or is it more about like there's just a lot of Five Nights at Freddy's fans? What What do you think? On I think there's a lot of Five Nights at Freddy's fans, or like that fandom is weirdly obsessed <laughs> and fanatical. Well, yes, uh, my daughter could not wait to watch this movie. Uh, you know, if you can sort of see behind me, there's a uh, Five Nights at Freddy's uh, poster on her wall here. Um, I, I have, I have yeah. an adult friend uh, who's older than us who wants to see the movie. He's going to drag me to it. Who doesn't play the games? Right. But he just yeah. knows about the property and like knows about like the concept of the evil animatronic robots and like that's enough for her. And it's like, okay, I guess you know, like yeah, I think Anaya's only played like the first game. Yeah, uh, and she played it I think through Roblox at one point. It wasn't even by itself. Uh, yeah. so there's a lot of people like that. They have Five Nights at Freddy's, whether it's the animatronics, whether it's the being a horror thing, whether I don't know that it's just attracts uh that audience. I think um, uh, Randy's Randy's kid is also big, big in this franchise as well. So, like, uh, his his older kid, um, so it, it's something that just I don't know, it just got. A, a large part of the gaming community and then has expanded past that to this younger generation growing up. And I think it's, um, it's cool, right? It's cool that that has happened. It's kind of like Minecraft or another one of those like Minecraft that just it is, it goes beyond just video games. And I do think it's that, I think it's more the fact that people want to see this succeed, right? They want more of these five nights of Friday's movies. So they just went out in mass to the theater and and then also it helps that you've gotten ads for this thing constantly. Every time you turn on Peacock, it's there. Every time you if you watch anything on Peacock, they're doing an ad for Five Nights at Freddy's. So uh, that helps a lot too. Um, and that's smart, obviously, for them to do that. But uh, I don't think we need to like think that now every movie needs to come out alongside. <laughs> yeah, Scott also agrees with me here about that. so many ads. Uh, that yes, I don't think we need to start saying that, um, we need to have them come out together because I do think that let's, let's say covers of the flower moon, right? Had it come out on Apple, uh, the same day, I think you would have had a lot of people sit there at their house and not have to go and watch a movie for three and a half, almost four hours at the theater. So yeah, they're uh, on the way to the goddammit. So. Right, they even went and uh, there were certain theaters that were doing intermissions for the movie, and they're not supposed to. And they said that they violated the contract because, God forbid, they gave people a reason to walk around. Well, it's okay, uh, either have an intermission or uh, start handing out urinals for people to pee in. <laughs> exactly. So... Um, it also, it's because, what, the movie gets to make more money because... This gives them a, uh, an opportunity to go and uh, 
go get a snack again or whatever, which they don't get a cut of. So right. I get that, I guess, whatever. But, you know, uh, look, this is a, uh, this is a good thing for movies, right? Um, because we're about to talk about a, another thing that's not going so well for, for movies, uh, at least in, in one sector, but it's, it's good to see in, in a way the movie video game movies are coming out. They're doing well. And it also helps that we haven't had like 20 Five Nights at Freddy's movies already. So don't worry, they'll come out next year. Just like the games. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, if we get to the third or fourth Five Nights at Freddy's, will it still be doing this? That's when it'll be interesting. But to make this much money on a $20 million budget, that's cool. That's good for Bloomhouse. You know, good for good for the Scott Cawthorn who said he he went to like three or four showings that same day and ran into some weird people. Uh, various times so yeah uh so yeah but you know on the other side of things things aren't going that well for a certain uh, marvel cinematic universe right now uh i should mention that also that disney finally bought hulu so i don't know if that means that hulu's going to be even more expensive than it already is uh they just went up again two dollars netflix just went up again two dollars uh it's starting to really get to the point where i'm almost about to cancel uh one of these because it's getting ridiculous how much they just keep going up in yep uh price and we haven't even gotten to the uh actor strike ending so who knows if they go up again after they figure out how much they're going to pay the actors because this is just after they decided what they're going to pay the writers can you imagine um you know <laughs> uh yes uh scott is mentioning that they you know forget the marvel cinematic there's gonna be a fnaf universe multiverse and they finally get might get um, Markiplier for it, uh, you know, once that happens. Yeah. Right. Um, but that's the problem is that the whole point of the, the services was supposed to be so that you have an option compared to cable. And now it's getting to the point where, like, maybe we just need to go back to, to cable. Yeah, cable's so uh, shitty nowadays. I mean. Yeah. I, I'm glad that we have all these options, but it's just like, God, this is getting ridiculous. Um, this well, actually, I, like, yeah. I, I actually firmly subscribe to the idea, pardon the pun, where let's say a show comes out like The Mandalorian, wait till the show right. is done, subscribe to Disney Plus for a month, watch it all, and then cancel. Yeah. I, yes. I'm starting to get to that point, too, of, you know, if it wasn't because I have family that watch Netflix for other things, I would definitely just do that, wait till Stranger Things comes out Disney or Plus, some other yeah. thing that I watch on Netflix comes out and then I'll I mean, subscribe. Say, if you yeah. want to keep like one service around, I mean, Netflix or like Amazon prime, those would probably be the two I would theoretically keep around like kind of all year or just as like a catch all for, if yeah. I want to watch a random movie or something, but like, you know, if I want to watch severance on Apple plus or Apple TV, where the fuck it's called, or, you know, star Trek, uh, strange new world. It's like, I'd rather just wait till it's done subscribe for the month you know because they're they're always banking on oh if you subscribe you'll forget about it or you'll you know exactly six, yeah. six months later it's like no i'm not like that i'm cognizant of what i want to spend money on and it's not star trek discovery <laughs> right or or you'll find something else to watch on that service and then go oh but i'm still watching this so i might as well right you know that happens with netflix a lot like they release so much stuff that eventually you're going to find something that you actually like. And then 
it's like, uh, well, okay, I guess I got to stay subscribed for that. And then there goes your description again. But, you know, and then not to mention Disney's about to do that password crackdown thing at some point. So it's going to be like Netflix where you're paying. I mean, look at YouTube, like the way they're, you know, blocking ad blockers. It's like, that's it's not, first of all, ads don't work on me like that. Like, if I'm going to watch an ad before some YouTube video, it's just going to make me hate the product, probably. Yeah. But also, like, uh, I'm never going to subscribe to YouTube TV or YouTube Premium. Like, right. I just go to Daily Motion, you know? Fuck you. Like, yeah, YouTube TV is different. I think that's for the, like the people that really want cable or, Honestly, it's you got to be like a sports fan, I think, because that's really the only reason you're still uh, having cable uh, at this point, because everything else you can just watch some kind of service. Yeah. So, you know, YouTube TV, I kind of understand. But, yeah, the YouTube premium thing, uh, especially when like every other music service has the same songs like YouTube premium doesn't have anything special anymore. Uh, the only reason is you're going to get it is to not have ads uh, like that seems kind of arbitrary at that point. Like I have the ad tier of everything except Netflix because Netflix lessens the amount that you can watch if you have the ad tier, but everything else I have the ad tier because I really don't care. Like I'll just go do something else and then I'll come back five minutes later or however many ads there are. And you know, it's, it's not a big deal to me. I get it for some people. They like my daughter complains about the ads all the time. And I'm just like, I don't know. Just find go read something go just look at something else for two minutes and then the ads are gone <laughs> you know like uh but they do work on people because maybe not you but they do work on people because she's told me like oh now i want that i'm just like see that's why they have ads because people like you <laughs> so uh but speaking of being an ad um marvel and sony at one time actually worked on a Daredevil game uh, prior to there being the Daredevil movie. And then, you know, there was the Daredevil movie and that kind of uh, changed things. But it never came out because Marvel did not approve of the changes that Sony wanted to make to the game uh, to make it more like a beat-em-up and uh, have something similar to, like, the grinding and Tony Hawk games and stuff like that. Uh, they did have one come out on the Game Boy Advance eventually, but, it, I I'm mean... Bad. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Daredevil fan, so I don't know how I would have really if I would have ever played this. But I don't know. Do you think this I mean, would have? I I remember hearing. Is this like the PS2 Daredevil game? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Those game like most of those Marvel games back then were, were crap. So it probably yeah outside of the Spider-Man ones. Yeah. Right, and like the X-Men Legends were was good, but you know, like think about like the Ghost Rider game. Well, that uh, the Hulk was the Hulk Ultimate Destruction also in that. That was a time. good one, but they made a later okay, one. Yeah. That, that was a, that was a bad one. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's also hard to do a Daredevil game, like because you know he's blind. <laughs> like, I mean, right? Yeah, it's like the radar sense stuff, but it's like you don't want to see, you don't want to have a game entirely in that in detective vision, you know? Right. So. Yeah, I mean, it would have been a cool concept for the time to have a Daredevil game. Uh, yeah. You know, it'd be interesting to like had it come out and what people would have thought about it and everything, uh, considering, you know, how much Daredevil is hyped up now with the Netflix show. And then obviously the other show well, that's not anymore in, <laughs> in uh, development hell or whatever that is right now. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of the early days of that. I'm sure there are other stories of other Marvel games that maybe didn't make it. 
I know uh, the Iron just, Man game for the 360. Yeah, it's um, well, then they that Captain America game, right? Was, no, they made Captain America that came yeah, out, right? And they made they made a few Iron Man movie based games, but uh, there was supposed to be an Iron Man game, kind of just an Iron Man game, and it was made with the Just Cause team. And, oh, that would have been interesting. Yeah, like an open world, just cause you know, I, you're flying around an Iron Man suit and like just cause, uh, but it like didn't get approval or whatever, so they canned it. Uh, that sucks. Yeah, that actually would kind of probably would have been cool, but you know, uh, Marvel's not doing great, uh, when it comes to the MCU. The Marvels is about to come out in a week. Uh, I'm probably I'm gonna go see it in the theater, but I think there's probably a lot of people that are not going to go see it in the theater, and yeah. that kind of leads to the kind of thinking that what's going on right now, where there's a lot of blah 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 about the director decided to leave in post production to go work on another movie that happens a lot, but they're yeah. trying to like make it a big deal when it shouldn't be. Uh, well, at one point, she's a woman yeah. and she's black. Like, yeah, it's like, well, you, you don't give a shit when Spielberg does this, huh? Uh, James Gunn did this, like yeah. you know, he was he was doing uh, was it a Suicide Squad two yeah. or whatever during Guardians three? I mean, like, come on, well, that was man. when he was fired. I mean, yeah, I know, but I mean, he was he would do that. He's like, right, you know, yeah, every, every like a lot of because it's like it's kind of out of your hands at that point. Like you're not. You have some say, but there, there are directors it. that shoot multiple movies at a time. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like you, you got to get over this. <laughs> I looked at some of the Marvel stuff, and it's a it is kind of a, like a slow moving disaster. But yeah, the funniest one is the Blade stuff. Oh yeah, that and, one is. You know, he's going to be like the fourth lead in, in the Blade movie, and it's supposed to be like a woman focused movie about issues. And it's like, what the fuck are you guys smoking over there? Uh, yeah, like, like what? Blade is supposed to be about Blade. Like the Panderverse thing is actually kind of true. Like I, I don't, I don't. It's just that makes no sense to me. Like the whole point of getting a great actor like Marshall Ali is to freaking focus on Blade for God's sakes. Like, yeah, what are you exactly? What are you doing? Uh, also, what are you doing? They were trying to get all of the original Marvel. Uh, Avengers cast back to do another movie because they were freaking out about how well the movies have not been doing ever since you know they end game. That's uh, not entirely. I mean, I know you you don't like it. You know, considering that this new crop of Marvel heroes isn't up to snuff. Like, yeah, pay Robert Downey Jr. his fifty million dollars and get him back in that suit. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, aren't you basically damning all of those characters? then if you you mean the new characters yeah i'm saying like you're damning all those characters like no one will ever give two craps about them if you bring all of the og ones back uh like, okay i have news for you no one cares about them now <laughs> okay but there are some from the og cast that are still there like you know uh dr strange and uh yeah but, uh, okay, Wanda about... and uh, you know Think about like She-Hulk or uh, Miss, not Miss Marvel. Uh, no, it is Miss Marvel. Like they're they're trying to like bank off, like make the TV show to introduce a character to right. be in the movies. But it's like, well, a you have to assume that the TV show is going to be good and that people are going to care, and that's been declining. You know, I think it's like a slope of 
everyone cared about a, a WandaVision. A lot of people cared about Loki. Uh, some people cared about Captain Falcon or Winter Soldier and Captain Herb Falcon and the yeah. Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And no one cared about Moon Knight. Some people cared about Miss Marvel. I mean, it's just, yeah, a, de- a declining viewership and quality. Let's be no honest. one cared about um, the latest one with Samuel Jackson. Uh, yeah, Secret Invasion. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. And then th- then you go into the movies, right? Ant-Man did bad. Um, that was a bad movie. So that, like, that, that Guardians didn't even get to a billion. Guardians right, 3. Right, but that's still which, like their highest movie of the year, I think. Right. Uh, um, but I, I, mean, I think that's something like we're talking about the third movie. It's supposed to be the final one that ends a lot of these characters and you're supposed to be hyped about it. And they've made it to where people are just, they don't even want to see an MCU movie right now. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's, I think it's some MCU burnout, but also just, you know, superhero fatigue in general. Like, yeah. Uh, and also I think, I hate to say it. I think it's a lot of like, they're casting people who might be good actors, but they don't seem like they're stars. Right. They're not. Yeah. Because like, they want to uh, save money on, like, okay, the chick in Doctor Strange too, uh, America. Ch- I I don't know the actress's name. The America Chavez, right? Yeah, uh, it's like she's like Dancing with the Stars now. What? Uh, well, I mean, the the guy that played Moon Knight kind of makes sense because they've had him in Star Wars and I was, yeah. He, I mean, you know, I would say he's a star kind of, but he's not like hugely bankable, and you know, not in, as an insult to him, but just in general. But like. The other guy I'm thinking of is, uh, oh, what's his name? Oh, uh, I'm going to pronounce this badly. Zolo Maraduni. Right. Okay. Duena. The guy who played Blue Beetle. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, that dude is going to be at my local comic convention next week selling autographs for 50 bucks. Yeah, can but. Ima- I- can you imagine Chris Evans showing up in fucking Livonia, Michigan? Shelling out pictures for fifty bucks. <laughs> I think that's a little bit different because they made that more about he is star. This is his origin story, and they built. They had. They had other bigger Latino actors around him for that entire movie yeah. to kind of prop him up. So it's but, not. Yeah, but that movie also bombed, didn't it? So, right. But, uh, I, I mean, mean, that was also going to be kind of a that, niche that, movie. That, it, like, regardless, I, I've actually heard, I mean, I know you like the movie, but I, and I've heard it's like, you know, kind of pat, but fine. But right. them, it's the whole thing of like them, I mean, that's a DC thing, but then, you know, oh, we're starting this We're starting this new universe with like a C-list hero at best. It's like, okay, I guess. I mean, they it couldn't really bad. do much about it. It was already in production. I mean, right. But he wants to include him in his DCU, so okay, I'm fine with that. Like, you know, uh, he's not going to be the biggest star of it. We know that. Um, I I mean, mean, John Cena's Peacemaker is is bigger than him, you know? So, I mean, Marvel has a problem, but I think overall, Disney, they're they're the bigger problem. Like, the Snow White thing is a disaster. Did you watch... We didn't... I don't think we talked about it. Did you watch Ahsoka? No, but Ahsoka is actually liked by a lot of people, so I, you know those people are dumb. <laughs> well, but this is the same thing. Like, there was a lot of people that liked uh, Andor as well. You know, well, like, I, I mean, I haven't seen it, but like Andor is by all most accounts a good show. 
Ahsoka was not. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of there was like, but like the Ahsoka. Like I, I agree with you on the Obi One. I didn't think that that was that that was okay at best. But yeah. I don't. I haven't really seen a lot of hate for Ahsoka. Honestly, I mean, it's uh, that, the thing about we were talking about games uh, developing. You know, they're they're trying to make full price games out of expansions or smaller content. It's like that's what Disney's trying to do, but they're trying to like stretch out content that shouldn't be <laughs> yeah it's governance of a good point that the people who like the soka is because you're really a big fan of rebels and there's a lot of connections to that and everything yeah but yeah. that's not most of the i mean that's a subset of star wars fans already that's hard and, yeah that's the hardcore hardcore and also like yeah. i i mean i got ahsoka well enough like to pick it to pick up on it more or less but like it was just a bad show, and they spent eight episodes basically swapping out two characters with two other characters. Okay, I guess. Just really quick, just to talk about this too, because uh, I forgot what time it was. Um, Jonathan Majors as Kang, like obviously his legal issues have not gotten any better. Yeah. Um, they're deciding to just, it looks like, pivot to Doctor Doom instead of just recasting him yeah uh do you have an issue with that like well should they just recast kang or is is dr doom better as a villain or uh they would first have to introduce dr doom that might be an issue uh well i mean they do have the fantastic four newbie to do that also yeah it's gonna happen same thing with X-Men, you know, they've been saying that for... But honestly, I think X-Men is really the only thing that, that can get them back to where they used to be. Like, X-Men is really, like, the only thing left, because uh, that that is a huge, like, cultural... Everybody loves the X-Men. What are you talking about, you said, man? There's yeah. Alpha Flight, man. Come on. Uh, but yeah, like, outside of bringing back the OG Avengers, which I really don't want them to do, because you're basically just saying that you... We shouldn't you give failed. a two shits about er- anything else you've done past past Endgame. Um, I get, that's a that's a valid like, way. Or that's a valid point. I might say, but like <laughs> X Men, X Men is like the next big thing. Like they need to build up to X Men and okay, do it yeah. right. But that's yeah. the thing: is would they do it right? And you know, I want to. Yeah, X-Men. that worries me. I mean, look at like the original X Men film, like. You know, there were kind of big stars in it, like Patrick Stewart and um, Magneto. I forget the guys. Uh, Ian McKellen? Uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah. Uh, but most of the actual X-Men, I mean, Halle Berry is kind of a big star. But like Wolverine, no one knew him. And Well, at the point later when you were getting the later X-Men movies, you did. No, no. But right, I meant yeah. like that was, that was uh, his breakout role. Right. Yeah. Uh, and like Tom K. Jensen, you know, Jean Grey, she was kind of well-known but she wasn't like a big star and it was a lot it was a launching pad for a lot of people's careers but i think those people had charisma and acting ability and i'm not sure about how they're currently casting movies like oh is this guy actually going to be a big star or is he going to be show up on uh you know the bachelor next year or something like that (laughs) yeah um like I, I think that that's I mean obviously that's a subjective thing whether you like those actors or not or and actresses. Right. Um it helps when you were able to get big names for the most part, or people that had a name and then obviously the MCU magnified them like 
Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, uh, you know, et cetera, that they became household names by themselves afterwards. They're obviously trying to bank on that again, but then also it's like the material that you're giving them to act on. And there's yeah. more things than just the actors, right? It's like I, a lot of these shows weren't good from yeah, that the episode. actors need to have inherent charisma or you know acting ability. And a lot of them do, but yeah, the show has to be have a good quality or has to highlight but that. I, that I, I just think you need it. You're going to have to go pivot back to the whole, we don't have this many MC movies. We're going to have to make it more of a special event. You have way too many. Um, I, I would yeah. say, aside from the cartoons, which I don't count, I would say at most two to three MCU shows a year uh, and two to three movies a year, and that'd be it. Yeah. And the shows, I think they are going in the right direction of the shows need to be built with a showrunner like they're going to go multiple seasons and not, oh, there are these like limited series things that are going to like go for six episodes and then hopefully you watch the movie. Right. Yeah, I've been keeping up on Loki, the the new season, and it's okay, I guess, but it doesn't seem to really have a point and no one talks about it. (laughs) Yeah, I do think that there are people... Talking about it more than say like way more than the, like the Secret of Asian thing. Yeah, uh, it well, I just... mean, Loki, Loki's actually of a good quality, but I'm, I just meant like the cultural zeitgeist. You know, think about Loki's, right, yeah, like, the last season or like WandaVision. Like, I think that was, like, that that was a little season. bit different though. We're talking about like, during the pandemic when people had nothing to do. Like, I think TV shows in general are like, unless you just absolutely bang it out of the park, like, uh, even followed the House of Usher, which I I saw a lot of people talking about, didn't get this like, oh my god, you need to go watch this. Show. Like we're not getting sure. that that much anymore. But but people you were know. at least some people were at least talking about it, right? Like when uh, Moon Knight came out, no one gave two shits, and that was during the pandemic. Yeah, and it's like that came and went. But he's such a like, he is such a niche character. Like you're talking about. Deep down the well of Marvel, yeah, you know, it's, uh, like why, why, why make it? Why give a sex? Episode? I mean, hey, Oscar Isaac's a great actor. Knowing, I'll no one will take that away from him, obviously. But why make a show about a dealer's character that no one cares about, or you know, very few right. people care about? Uh, not to mention the also like VFX stuff that like Marvel made people have to like redo constantly and. Uh, but a lot yeah. of the She-Hulk VFX stuff was terrible because of that, because they gave him like a short time frame to change everything. But then look, we we could go on and on about like the problems of Marvel. They have they have a lot of time to fix that, and they have to start fixing it soon because that's one of the big problems that Bob Iger has, where they have all this stuff going on and none of it's hitting, and it's like now they're like banking on Wish to hopefully set things right, and who knows if that's going to do anything either. Um, so let's see let's see um but quickly because i had to go pick up my kid from school um games that are coming out in this next week there are big games that came out in the last couple of days uh the the uh, star ocean second story r uh remake is is out there the robocop game which is actually pretty good a lot of a lot of good reviews for that game. yeah i'd like to play that yen doesn't um, like it though <laughs> Uh, that sucks. Uh, well, Warcraft like for like because like, yeah, Robocop is clunky to move, and it's like, yeah, that's the whole point. He's Robocop. <laughs> like, yeah, 
WarioWare Movement apparently is good when it works. Um, it has some jank issues. Uh, <laughs> the Football Manager 2024 comes out this week. That'll be on Game Pass as well, so you can continue to keep playing. I know playing I'll be playing next one. week. <laughs> uh, no, definitely will not. That is not uh, my thing. Um, but the people that do like that, I'm sure they will be. Um, the uh, Salt and Sacrifice game uh, comes out to PC and Switch uh, this next week, too. Obviously, the big game, Like a Dragon, Gaiden, the man who raised his name, comes out on the ninth. That is uh, That comes out on Game Pass as well. Uh, Beyond Sunset comes out to PC. That's one of those cool little indie games um, that has some kind has a little bit of uh, buzz around it um as well uh tales of arise beyond the dawn so you get the dlc for tales of arise coming out that same day as like a dragon guide in so i'm excited to check this out i don't know if i'm going to get that on day one or not but uh yeah of course the big game that a lot of other people are going to be playing call of duty modern warfare 3 even if you are complaining about the um the campaign being short, you know, people are going to buy this. They're going to play it and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and also that day before game uh, that people were complaining has a lot close to it, like Grand Theft Auto and all that uh, comes to PC, PlayStation 5 and Xbox series. So, yeah, uh, some cool things coming out. Some big things uh, that I'm sure people will be playing. Well, definitely we'll be talking about Like a Dragon Guide in next week. So that's one game to look forward to for us talking about next week. But until then, uh, we'll see you later, everybody. Uh, Have a good weekend. Enjoy. Later. Bye.